Thank you for tuning in to the best parenting show on the internet. Post Daily Dose. Oh, that's pretty dark. Hey there, Post Institute. This is Christy Saul, the co-founder of the co-founder of the Post Institute, coming at you live. I hope you guys are doing great this evening. I happen to be out and about for the first time in a few weeks, and so um, I'm in the back of my car again. I hope everybody's doing well, and welcome to the best little parenting show on the internet. Tonight, my topic, why, why, why are we always talking about parenting? Why are we always talking about parenting? Why aren't we just talking to kids and telling them they need to behave and mind their parents? Well, we're going to talk about that tonight. Um, I pulled out Brian's book. Uh, Here we go. Look at that. From Fear to Love, because I happen to carry a version of it in my car, because you just never know. And um, I pulled it up, and I was looking at chapter 6, for those of you who have this book. If you don't already have this book, I would strongly encourage it, and the best place to get it is on our promotional site, feartolovebook.com. So, um, the reason I pulled this chapter up is there's a particular segment um, where Brian talks about um, different developmental stages and ages as well as levels of memory. And it's the levels of memory I want to talk about tonight. And I think you'll understand why we're always talking about parenting instead of just trying to tell kids to mind their parents. Um, so we have four levels of memory, cognitive memory, emotional memory, motor memory, and state memory. Our cognitive memory is like, um, memorizing our, our addition and subtraction or multiplication tables. And it is considered to be the easiest level of memory to influence. Um, our emotional memory has to do with things like facial recognition. It could also have to do with being able to read those facial expressions. Our motor memory has to do with our body, like walking, talking, blinking, writing, things like that. But it is the state level of memory that I want to talk about tonight. Um, the state level of memory, I'm reading straight from the book, page 31. The state level of memory is the most important one to discuss here because it is believed that trauma impacts the state level of memory. This level of memory is associated with your brain stem. It develops very early in life, and it is believed that the time from in utero to the first four years of our lives is the most important for our brain development and for our for all our experiences. It's said by John Bowlby that the first three years of life established the blueprints for all future relationships. Bruce Perry says state becomes trait, meaning that what happens at the state level of memory develops the personality traits. Pretty significant. Um, so, one of the things that I want to make sure that we understand is that the state level of memory is available 24-7. Um, Brian says that um, oftentimes with traditional talk therapy, that what we're inviting really is for people to be more in their conscious mind, to be more in thinking parts of their brain. Um, what I have noticed oftentimes with um, traditional talk therapy or like um, anger management groups or social skills groups, that all of those things are are all well and good. Uh, but the challenge is you can learn a skill, uh, but 
when we are hijacked at the brain level, it's virtually impossible to bring those skills to the forefront of our brain. It takes a lot of conscious effort to use new skills. And then especially in times of stress and overwhelm, it's very difficult for us to actually put those skills in place. And um, as I'm sitting here talking that, just saying that out loud um, led me to think about uh, what was happening at our capital, at America's capital yesterday. And I think about how hijacked, how hijacked the people who were present were. Um, and it just, you know, there was nobody uh, using their anger management skills or their effective communication skills. It was all about might makes right. It was all... Um, when the intensity and things began to escalate and threat became apparent in the presence of threat, behavior changed, didn't it? And so there's an example of it right there in our face with regards to when threat, real or perceived as present, how we are reactive. Our kids live in a state of uh, real or perceived threat a great deal of time out of their sensitive amygdala and out of history of trauma. So the reason why we're always talking to parents is because the state level of memory is available 24-7 and trauma triggers and that amygdala hijack can happen at any time. It doesn't just conveniently happen in a therapeutic session. It happens any time. And so equipping parents with this knowledge, with this education of how trauma affects brain development and therefore affects behavior is extremely important because you have the ability to have an impact, a very positive impact. You have a great deal of leverage in your relationship but you have to have the education and the information to go with it so that you have the ability to have the greatest positive effect in creating healing at the brain level. And so the reason, one of the reasons we've been working so much on really examining the posture of our heart is because of this, I'm going to read this right here. It is critical to understand that parenting is much more an emotional exercise than a cognitive one. The most important elements of parenting lie in facial expression, timing, intensity, tone of voice, gestures, and eye contact. All of those things come, they flow from the position of our heart, our intensity, our tone of voice, our timing, our eye contact are all subconscious they're subconsciously driven. Our body language is subconsciously driven. And that is exactly what our children are most tuned into. People might think hyperactive. I tend to think hypervigilant. And so they are super vigilant, very sensitive to those nuances that are driven by our the posture of our heart. So when we work on the posture of our heart, then we don't have to we don't have to pick apart the words that we say. Our timing and our intensity, our facial expressions, our eye contact, all of that comes from the position of our heart. So when our position of our heart is coming from this place where we really understand the effect of trauma and we even though we may get frustrated it doesn't it doesn't necessarily change that we might not get frustrated, but our frustration won't necessarily come as 
the threat to our child and it won't come from that place of feeling like our children are doing these things intentionally. It can just be a frustration at a situation versus a personal attack on our child because our heart is postured from a place of deep understanding that this is real, that trauma has a real effect on the brain. And especially when trauma occurs during the critical time frame of brain development, because then the brain gets developed in a way that says all of the world is as threatening as what it is that I am living in right now. Therefore, you must develop in a way to protect yourself, to be vigilant. And that's where the inflexibility, that's where the difficulty around transitions. When we have our heart wrapped around this understanding, then we can have just, a, it just affects everything in us. It affects everything about the posture of our heart and the understanding that we have for our kids that they're doing the best that they can at any given moment and that we're here to help them. We're here to guide them. We're not here to try to punish them into compliance. We're not here to try to control them into compliance, that this is about building a relationship that's based on trust. And from that place, we can grow immensely. From that place, we can give guidance that they can really rely on, that they really have confidence that we truly have their best interest at heart. All of that comes out of having a relationship. So that is why we're always talking to parents, because you, you are the leader of your family, because your relationship with your child is highly influential. Because we know that, um, you know, trauma triggers, well, I guess it's time to close that trauma triggers can happen anytime, 24-7. They don't just conveniently happen in a therapist's office. And that what you do day in and day out has the ability to create more oxytocin at the brain level. That your loving relationship, that your ability to, to create love and soothing and safety and that that doesn't mean we're always sitting around looking like um we're just passive monk gurus you know it has humor it has correction it's just not done in a punitive shaming manner there's a great deal of directing that takes place but it comes from a heart posture of love and patience kindness understanding and uh, from that place the relationship that you have with your child can grow in amazing ways. So, um, since it's dark in here and I'm in the back seat of my car, I just want to tell you that this little experience that I'm having today is pretty amazing because my daughter, um, who has mobility challenges and vision challenges and not the best mental map for places said today that she wanted to go to the mall and she wanted to take some things that she needed to have taken care of and that she wanted me to wait in the car. And so I'm pretty excited about that. I have a little bit of anxiety, but I also have great confidence that she knows I'm sitting right here and she knows that if she needs me, all she has to do is text me. But I also am very proud of her for stepping off into this on her own. I'm really proud of the courage that she's showing and the confidence that either she can do it, she can ask for help, or she knows I'm right here if she needs me. So, 
off we go into a whole new world of autonomy I'm really excited about. So I hope you guys have a beautiful evening. I hope that you have a chance to set things you may be stressed out about, worried about, um, been fussing about, that you can set those things aside and just enjoy your children, love them, laugh with them, read a book together, create something together, have an adventure together. And I see she made it out. So that's pretty awesome. She is returning from her adventure. I can't wait to hear about it. Remember what Brian tells us that in any given moment, we have two choices. We can act out of our blueprints of stress and fear and overwhelm, or we can take one to two to three deep breaths and we can choose love. Much love to you guys. Have a blessed evening and we'll see you all tomorrow.